0: Football, 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 It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sport show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFSOSS dot at FFSOSS Twitter at Twitter slash AJ Nick three again happy father's day to everybody celebrating out there hopefully you had a nice little weekend and sunday uh celebrating the fathers out there the dads uh, so girl dads boy dads every dad so uh again happy father's day so this is a u.s open really recap wyndham clark wins the 123rd u.s open so we'll touch on wyndham clark then we'll go through round by round and then uh some notes on the course and some of the other guys that came up a little short and i am still sad about rory if you can't tell i I don't know. I'm I'm very sad about Rory. Very sad. So we'll do that. Then we'll do NFL headlines, some soccer transfer rumors as well. But yeah, we're going once a week. So uh, last week was the last twice a week, and even it wasn't like a full show because we just did a U.S. Open thing on what was that Wednesday. So yeah, this is just we're gonna go once a week now for wh- until um I'd probably say the prime comes back or the week before the prime comes back in August. So that's the plan going forward. All right. So, um, U.S. Open recap, NFL headlines, soccer transfer rumors on this uh, pod for the week of the 19th here into the 20th. So, summer solstice as well. Of course, um, Juneteenth, if you celebrate, happy Juneteenth. That's great. So, uh, Wyndham Clark, 123rd U.S. Open, 2023 U.S. Open recap, NFL headlines, soccer transfer rumors on the pod. Kickoff, Wyndham Clark, U.S. Open champion. The L.A. Country Club 123rd edition. Wyndham Clark. It's his first major championship. It's his second career win. Previous best finishes at majors. Tied 75th at the 2021 PGA. Tied 76th at the 22 Open Championship. Four cuts in six total starts. No Masters appearances. He's the fourth player in... In the past 100 years, to win the U.S. Open in the first tournament in which they made the cut. Uh, that's according to Elias. Lucas Glover was the last player to do that in 2009. So, uh, first tournament in which they made the cut of U.S. Open. That's uh, the one One second Second fewest major starts to win a U.S. Open. It took them seven. This is over the past 40 years. It took Webb Web Simpson five major starts to win at the 2012 uh, U.S. Open at the Olympic Club in San Francisco there. Wyndham Clark's 29 years old. He's the fourth straight U.S. Open winner under 30. It ties uh, the second longest streak in the tournament history. Six straight from 1911 to 1916. Is we met in there? I think we met's in there. And then how about this? Both Wyndham Clark and Rory McIlroy won their first PJ Tour title at the Wells Fargo Championship and then their second title at the U.S. Open. So first win was the Wells Fargo. Second win was the U.S. Open. And Wyndham Clark's caddy, John Ellis, also playing two U.S. Opens, uh, one at Torrey, if I'm not mistaken, one of them, so uh, a guy that has U.S. Open experience, a guy that's a pretty damn good golfer himself, and a lot of the caddies consider, and a lot of players consider the best uh, golfer that is a caddy is John Ellis. So Wyndham Clark earned it, deserved it, uh, he did slip up a little bit in that fourth round towards the end, which we'll get to in our round-by-round recap, but Boy, did he deserve this major championship. Um, Some great par saves down the stretch. When he had a birdie hole, he he usually turned it into one, especially Sunday there, uh, besides the eighth that he screwed up. But he earned it, and he deserves it. So, um, William Clark, the U.S. Open champion, the 123rd U.S. Open champion, the 2023 edition of This third major of the calendar year for golf, the Open Championship, is next. And that's going to be at Royal Liverpool, a.k.a. Hoy Lake. Um, And that hasn't 2014 is the last time we went there for an Open. So that'll be fun. We'll touch on that uh, as we approach, of course. But Wyndham Clark, a guy who the story with the mother was very nice. Um, We'll talk about NBC in, in a little bit, but... Uh, I thought the story with the mother was nice. Ricky, what he said to him, that if your mom was here, she'd be proud. That's so nice, especially because uh, Wyndham Clark and Ricky... Well, Wyndham Clark loved Ricky so growing up and, and aspired to be him. So that was pretty cool. He got to play with him the last few rounds of his first uh, major championship. Uh, but you can't take it away from him. Uh, an excellent tournament. He played really well. And... He learned about himself for sure, and he's now a major champion. So, give him credit. Give Wyndham Clark his credit. Give him his due. All right, let's do a round-by-round here U.S. Open recap. First round, great scoring conditions. No sun, low wind. The Marine layer did not leave on Thursday. Lowest scoring average of all time in an opening round of a U.S. Open. Thursday morning wave, uh, 1.58. Thursday afternoon wave, 1.18. Scoring stroke average. Six players shot better than 65. That's the most all-time in a U.S. Open. We had 37 rounds in the 60s, 55 rounds under par or even. So after the first round, we had 55 players even par or better and 37 under par for the tournament. Lead was shared by Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley. Ricky Fowler shot a 62, and about 20 minutes later, Xander Shoffley tied him for the round of the day. Ties the all-time low round in major championships, and it's the first time, 62 has been shot at a U.S. Open. Ten birdies, two bogeys for Ricky, eight birdies, and a clean card for Xander Shoffley. Um, That was the only bogey-free round on the course Thursday. Dustin Johnson was six under. His only bogey came out at the 18th. Uh, Ties Tiger Woods with the most rounds, under 65 in majors. Wyndham Clark had an eagle at one, shot 64, Rory, five under. He had a bogey at eighteen. Harmon also shot a sixty-five uh first day. Scotty Scheffler, Bryson De Siwoo Kim, Harris English, Mackenzie Hughes, Sam Bennett, and Bajorn from France, all sixty-seven, three under. Uh the crew at two under Homa, Finao, Wu, Solomon Fox, Neiman, Norin, Mitchell, Munoz, Putnam, Del Rey, 68s, the crew at one under, seven uh sixty-nines. Rom, Cam Smith, Phil Mickelson. Hovland had a hole-out eagle. Uh, Burns had a hole-in-one. Minwoo Lee, amongst others there. Even Park, Gary Woodland, Sergio Straka, Hadwin Connors. Uh, Kepka was one over, as was Colin Morikawa. Fitzpatrick, Cantley, uh, Sungjae Im, also one over, two over. Spieth, Lowry, Keegan Bradley, Patrick Reed, Matsuyama, Cam Young. JT was three over. As was Tommy Fleetwood, Adam Scott, Jason Day, Martin Keimer, and Tom Kim. Hatton, Damon, Thigala, four over 74. Justin Rose shot a six over 76 in the opening round. Second round, cloudy for the morning wave, no wind. Sun started to poke out for the end of the morning wave, started the afternoon wave, and then it was out in full force during that afternoon wave, and the wind did pick up to double digits consistently, and the gust went up. Friday morning, 1.47-stroke index. Friday afternoon, it was way over three strokes uh, per player. 33 rounds in the 60s, 46 rounds under par or even. Min Lu Lee with a 65 was the round of the day. We had 29 players under par for the tournament, 38 players even par or better. And the scoreboard after round two, Ricky Fowler got it up to 10 under. Um... 8 birdies, 4 pars, 6 bogeys. Not a lot of pars on that scorecard. He was the fastest to get the double digits under par at a U.S. Open. He did it in 20 holes. Then he tied Martin Keimer's scoring record after 36 holes. Keimer did it in 2014 at Pinehurst, I believe. Um, 18 bo- birdies and 36 holes for Ricky Fowler. That was a record. Wyndham Clark was 9 under, 64-67 to open up his tournament. 4 birdies, 1 bogey. Rory shot a 67 67- Following up is 65-7 birdies, four bogeys. Xander Shoffley, no bogeys in the first 24 holes of the championship, but then kind of struggled coming home in this second round for an even par 70. Harris English, 66 for 700 7-under. DJ had a snowman on the second hole, but still shot even par somehow. Finishes at 6-under the way he started. Min Woo Lee got to 6-under as well with his round of the day, 65. Scotty Scheffler was 5-under. Sam Bennett was 5-under as well. Cam Smith, 4-under. Finau, 3-under. Woodland, Harma, Asadud, Hoffman, McCarthy, Nagano at 2-under. Hovland, uh, Bryson, Siwoo Kim, Burns, Hardy, Mitchell at 1-under. Kepka Morikawa, Thigala, Horschel, Hughes, Neiman, Rogers, and Sergeant Even, Fitz, Matsuyama, Hatton, Tom Kim, Reed, Sergio are 1-over. And just making the cut, Rom, Cantley Larry Fleetwood, Hadwin, Answer, Harrington, Cam Young, and Henley at two over. So the missed cut, plus three and worse. Spieth there. Phil Mickelson missed the cut. Norin, Pereira. Max Homa, a very disappointed LA open for him. Justin Rose, Straka, Kirk, Peters, Taylor, Connors, Power. Adam Scott missed the cut. Grillo, Stallings, Molinari, Keegan Bradley, Sung J M, Jason Day, Joel Demon, and shooting an 81 on Friday, Justin Thomas. He was plus 14 for the tournament. So um, some big names leaving, Spieth, Phil, JT, Homa, uh, but a lot stuck around. Early, late, definitely tougher, definitely tougher of the first two draws for sure of tee times. So we go to the weekend, third round, sun out all day until the late afternoon the Marine Lair came in. Uh, the back nine was playing two shots harder than the front. We had 17 rounds in the 60s on Saturday. 23 rounds under par even. Tom Kim in the round of the day with a 66. 19 players were under par for the tournament. 3 and players were even par or better for the tournament. Ricky Fowler started the afternoon at 10 under, finished the third round 10 under. and even par 73 birdies, three bogeys for Rick. Clark got to 10-under as well with a 1-under 69. Rory won back of the two leaders with his own 1-under 69. Scotty Scheffler finished in unbelievable fashion. Um, Eagle hole out at 17, a birdie at 18, 67, 65, 68. So far for Scheffler, he was 7-under. Harris English was 6-under after dropping a shot with a 71 DJ and Xander Shoffley at 5-under. Xander did not have a good Saturday. Struggled uh, early on the first hole. He tried to get out of the bunker with a a lower lofted iron. That was a mistake. And uh, cost himself some shots there. Finishes with a 73. He couldn't really drive it either. Nagano was 4-under. Cam Smith, Bryson, Tom Kim were 3-under. Matsuyama, Hovland, Minwood Lee were 2-under. Morikawa got to 1-under as it fits in Cantley. Finau, Harrington joined him. Kepka was even, as was Larry, Henley, Cam Young, Hatton, Neiman, Mil- uh, Mitchell, Burns, Cole, Sue, and Horrant. Woodland, Horschel, Rogers, Fox at plus two, plus one, sorry, and then plus two, Ron, Fleetwood, and Sergio. The winner has been either the 54-hole leader or within four shots going into the round. So if you looked at that, the winner was either going to be Fowler, Clark, Rory, Scotty Scheffler or possibly Harris English he's within four but it really came down to a four horse and a two horse very quickly race and then it was kind of just one horse if he let everybody back in but um we go to the fourth round out of the final round 16 rounds in the 60s 22 rounds under par or even Tommy Fleetwood a 63 round of the day. He had a short one for 62 but he couldn't do that, so he became the first player in U.S. Open history of two rounds of 63 or better, dating back to his 62 at Shinnecock on the final day there of Brooks Kepka's major championship. We finished with 18 players under par for the tournament, 19 players even par or better for the tournament. Clark birdied at one, dropped a shot at two, then more birdies at four after a great tee shot at the par three, and six after he had a poor tee shot. Uh, He rescued it there at 6. Bogey at 8. Great par saves, really, until the birdie at the par 5 15th. Great second shot there. Got him home in 2. So he had a 3-shot lead with 4 to play at that point. Bogey's at 15 and 16. Brought Rory back into it. Uh, But two really good pars coming home on 17 and 18. Really sealed it. 17, he was in the rough after his tee shot. 18, he was... Somehow in the fairway, but it did not look like he was going to be in the fairway or he was in a fairway of another hole, but it seemed like it was still 18. So the two pars there saved it and sealed it. Ricky Fowler, who started the round, tied for the lead. Bogeys at 2, 5, and 7. A birdie at 8, but then back-to-back bogeys at 11 and 10. Knocked him out of contention. Birdie at 14, but then another two bogeys at 16 and 18. Coming home, Rory McIlroy. The story very similar to St. Andrews last year where... He had given given himself a chance on Sunday to go out and win it, and he played like a round of golf that he had like a three-shot lead. You know, it just – nothing really was going for him. He would hit fairways, he would hit greens, and then he wouldn't make a putt or uh, a close putt for sure. But even these long-distance ones looked good, but he couldn't find the bottom of the cup on any of these birdie putts besides the first hole. And he had all pars until the 14th where – His drive was not good. He needed a good drive to try to get home in two there and possibly make an eagle or a birdie or two-putt birdie, right? Because he needed one. He had to lay up. His third gets embedded in the bunker. He gets a fortunate ruling but couldn't get up and down for par, so he drops a shot there at 14. All pars coming in, unfortunately, and if he birdies any of these holes, any of them, he's at least in a playoff, and he birdies two, he wins. So it's very frustrating to be a Rory McIlroy fan right now uh, after the round, um, his quotes. So we'll get to that in a second. But how about Scotty Scheffler? Couldn't get anything going early. All pars until 6. Uh, he bogeys 7. He gets a birdie back at 8, but then drop shots at 11 and 12. He birdies 13, but then... Uh, and 16 to get it back to 7 under. But Scotty early on could not get anything to fall. It seemed like the roaring rory Perry, pairing... A lot of the same issues. Couldn't find the bottom of the cup. So Wyndham Clark shoots an even par 70, and that's good enough to win his first major championship. 10-under he finishes. Rory finishes in solo second after a even par round of 70 as well. Scotty Scheffler, an even par round of 70, gave him solo third, 7-under. Cam Smith, solo fourth after a Sunday 67, got him to 6-under. Fowler, Fleetwood, Minwoo Lee, tied 5th. Tom Kim, Harris English, tied 8th. Rom, DJ, Xander, Ekro, tied 10th. Henley, Morikawa, Canley, tied 14th. Kepka, Fitz, tied 17th. Hovland, Solo, 19th at even par. And then top 20s, the nerd, Bryson Deschambeau, Lowry, Mitchell, Hardy, McCarthy, Smith, and Nagano. Sargent was the low end. At plus four. So more about the uh, guys that could not get it done. Rory. The nine-year drought continues. He has won at Hoy Lake before, which gives me a little bit of hope going into the final major championship of the season. The 151st Open Championship at Royal Liverpool coming up in July. Uh, Rory quotes afterwards, when I finally do win this next major, it's going to be really, really sweet. I would go through 100 Sundays like this to get my hands on another major championship. So good resolve there. And then also, quote, I'm right there. It's just fine margins at this level. I got to keep putting myself in the positions, and sooner than later it's going to happen for me, end quote. That's Dr. Rotella, guys, if you're familiar with Dr. Bob Rattella at all. You can't control what the other guy shoots. Um, sometimes you can't even control what you shoot, but if you do your best, you try there, you keep banging on the door. At some point, the door is going to open for you. If you keep giving yourself opportunities for one of these things, you're gonna win one, uh, and he's good enough because 271 strokes is the lowest 72 hole total at a U.S. Open by a player who did not win. 59 greens hit is the most by any player not to win a U.S. Open. So tough records there for Rory. Ricky set a bunch of records through the first three days. Um, And then goes out and shoots 75 on Sunday. It sounds really familiar. If you're a Ricky Fowler supporter from back in the day where he would give himself opportunities in major championships and not have good Sundays. He didn't have one. Um, And it is unfortunate because he has the record getting to double digits. He has the record birdies. He's got uh, the tie of the 54 hole lead and all this kind of stuff. So, It's really, really unfortunate that Ricky had a great week, but he had a really, really unfortunate Sunday that did not give him an opportunity to be in the mix at the end of it. Scotty Scheffler did put himself in the mix without his best stuff again, and he couldn't get anything to fall specifically on Sunday. So, again, as much as he is a great ball striker, it's great, and it's similar to Rory. If you can't make putts, you can't win tournaments. It just is what it is. You can make pars, that's great, but you're going to need birdies to win these championships. And it's really unfortunate. Now, the USGA notes that the scoring average this week was 71.16. That's the lowest in U.S. Open history. Average winning score over the last five years. This is an interesting note. PGA Championship uh, minus 8.2. U.S. Open minus 8.2. That's pretty interesting, I thought, Um, considering you, you view the U.S. Open like, they have this idea that par is a good winning score, all these kind of things. Par is a great score on a whole. All these kind of ideas and theories that you hear about the USGA when they talk about their events or setting up their golf courses and all these kind of things. But to see last five years, minus 8.5 has been the winning, the winning score average. Pretty interesting. Now to the course. I, I, th- I like the course. I like LA Country Club, but obviously the fan atmosphere was lackluster. It just seemed like they didn't have enough big bleachers or grandstands at greens, at fairways, and landing areas. The You, you saw Dan Rappaport tweet about it with Fitzpatrick quotes and, and, and uh, found the information that they didn't have as many general admission tickets as they would usually have in a major championship. There's so many corporate stuff. They're, like I understand people, Ricky made a putt on Saturday. That was like a bomb, and there was nobody there. Cause it kind of celebrated. You, you saw the clip, and You're like, why did nobody like go crazy for that? That was a bomb. Well, there's no grandstand on that hole. It was similar to like 12 and 13 T at Augusta. There's just nobody over there. So you can't see, but that wasn't really explained. Um, unfortunately. So I wish, you know, I did like the course. I wish the sixth hole was on the back. I wish it wasn't as, as punishing of a finishing stretch. Um, 15 on Saturday, played 80 yards, the shortest par three, and then they had par threes basically like 300 yards the other day, which was funny when they were downhill, but it doesn't matter. Um, So I like the course. I don't think they'll get another one, unfortunately. I like the idea of West Coast Opens and L.A. Opens, but I'd rather give one to Riv. Riv is such a cool place. Um, And not that L.A. Country Club wasn't, but... It just, there's a little was a little bit of lacking. There's something just a little lacking. And I think it had to do with the atmosphere. I think it had to do with the crowd. And that's unfortunate because you want a big crowds at U.S. Uh, US Opens and major championships. So, golf schedule, we got the Travelers coming up, then the Rocket Mortgage, then the John Deere. And then the split week, some guys going over there early across the pond. They'll play in the Scottish Open and the Open Championship, or guys staying here playing the barbersaw, or guys taking it off. And just going over to Royal Liverpool, hanging out, playing some practice rounds there. So, that is the schedule. One, two, three, four tournaments. Four weeks until we get another major championship. And it will be our last major championship of the season. 151st Open Championship at Royal Liverpool, a.k.a. Hoy Lake. Roy McIlroy won it last time we were there. And it will be really, really great if Roy can win another one. So... uh. But final kind of thoughts on the U.S. Open. I like the course. I don't think they'll get another one. Uh, I wish there were more fans and there was a better atmosphere. Dan Hicks is terrible. Okay, it really seems like he he's doing golf for the first time every time he does a broadcast. He's like, Wyndham Clark backed off the putt. Dude, what have you been doing? For like three, two, three days. Like, you don't know his putting process yet. He's been in contention the whole time. What are you you're not watching the 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 coverage? Like. So Dan Hicks is terrible. Where is Mike Tarico? Where is Mike Tarico? He's great at golf. Where is he? So Dan Hicks is terrible. Paul Azinger, oh my god. Sometimes I really like Paul. He's not um, robotic in his critiques. He will go after players if they make a mistake, but <sighs> sometimes with him, he is just really, really bad. Like Rory hit a shot from the fairway, and he's like, "Not a lot of people could have done that." Like, hit a four iron, two hundred. Like, what? What are we talking about? So, easy. Like, you know, I love the CBS team. You know, I love Nance. I like Immelman. I think he's been a good replacement so far for Cernick. Dottie does a great job. Navalo does a great job. I like Colt Nost. I do like Smiley for the NBC team. I like Jake. I think Jake does a nice job. Um, I like Terry Gannon. Steve Sands is all right. Jimmy Roberts is all right. Uh, The young lady they had with them doing coverage on Peacock Morgan. I I don't remember her last name. She was good. Um, But what a... When they hand it over to Dan Hicks, it's just really bad. It's really bad. He's terrible. I'm sorry. He's terrible. He is terrible at golf. It's really like his first time doing golf every time. So that's our U.S. Open recap. Let's do some NFL headlines. Chiefs talk, uh, GM Veach, and the rest of the front office. They feel good about Chris Jones' contract situation. Andy Reid says Jones is going to be at training camp after missing minicamp. And with them letting Frank Clark walk, they really need Chris Jones Uh His deal sorted out, and I know Clark didn't have the biggest season, but he did have some big moments. And uh, even though Jones is unbelievable and one of the best at his position, you gotta lock him down. That's for sure. Uh, Jonathan Taylor says on the Colts to do the extension before the season starts. Listen, he's a guy that's a very uh, uh, talented running back, but it's a position that is not a premium anymore. I don't know how much the Colts are willing to pay for that position, even though he is great and. They will miss him in that offense, that's for sure. Especially when you got a new quarterback. So I just, for me, I would try to get that sorted out. But I wonder how much, uh, I wonder how much capital they're gonna have to give away in their uh, salary cap. Taysom Hill says he's gonna have an extended receiver role in New Orleans, which I think is interesting because he clearly can't be the quarterback with Carr coming in. But I do like when they do Wildcat stuff with him. I feel like that does make the defense prepare for another thing. Um, it takes away time in their practice schedule and, and, and meeting rooms. So you got to prepare for that instead of just preparing for a straight-up offense. And I do like T.C. Uh Dotson, the commander's receiver, says Sam Howell is the guy. So even though Ron Rivera has come out and said, we don't know, we got to do a training camp and go through the summer. Dotson has said the wide right receiver that Sam Howell is the guy for the commies, more quarterback stuff. Will Levis seems to be valued as quarterback number three with Malik Willis being QB number two for the Titans and uh, deputizing Ryan Tannehill. So that's the latest coming out of Tennessee with their quarterback situation because It is an interesting one. You got a year two guy and a year one guy, and a guy in Ryan Tannehill who probably sees the writing on the wall that his time is almost up in Tennessee, so what's he going to do? But it's interesting to see how they value their future quarterbacks, that's for sure. All right, soccer transfer rumors. Bellingham announced for Madrid. Not really shocked. Um, After Liverpool kind of said they were out of the race, it, it was really either Madrid, Liverpool, or... Maybe Man City, but it seemed like Man City was not in the race, but it was Madrid or Liverpool, and it's Madrid. So he got announced in Madrid. Uh, Mbappe says he's going to stay at PSG. He's upset that the rumors went flying. He's like, I didn't say anything or do anything. And people are like, well, you, you didn't trigger the clause. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. He's like, who says I didn't do anything? So who the hell knows what's going on with Mbappe. Kai Havertz, he doesn't want a new Chelsea deal. It seems like he wants a move. Arsenal or Real, it doesn't seem like Real is going to pay the price that Chelsea has set. Arsenal probably could. Um, I'm sure Chelsea wants a bidding war there. Declan Rice, Arsenal's in a bidding war really for him. Um, Not necessarily we know who they're bidding against yet, but West Ham has rejected Arsenal's first couple bids. Partey could be out as well for Arsenal, so there could be a lot of big moves for Arteta's squad this summer and Arsenal would probably need another midfielder. That could be Caicedo, but he's also linked to Chelsea, and apparently Arsenal also want Timber, and that could be a really good move for them, I think, in uh, their back line, because I don't really trust Gabriel that much, to be honest, and you need a, need a strong partner with Saliba, in my opinion. So Caicedo could be coming in to replace Partey. Rice could be coming in to replace Jaka, or vice versa or whatever, but that could be the new Arsenal 2-3 uh, midfield going forward with, of course, Odegaard. Mason Mount, terms reached with Man U, but clubs are still discussing the fee. It seems like Chelsea understand that he's not going to resign, but they're not going to, you know, just cave because they have kind of threatened. Not threatened, but they will he'll leave for free next next summer, uh, next summer when his contract runs out. So a little game of cat and mouse there between Chelsea and Man U for Mason Mount. Uh, Lukaku back to Chelsea, but Inter and Chelsea are having an ongoing dialogue. Also, Saudi Arabia teams couldn't get involved for Lukaku, and I'm sure um, Boli and the rest of the Chelsea squad would have no problem sending him to Saudi Arabia if they got the right fee coming back. So, Curious to see what happens there with Lukaku. Liverpool news. Taram could be next. Now the French national team is going to break up after the Nations League or Euro qualifier games. Maybe Kone. They're also monitoring Graven Birch's situation with Bayern Munich. So nothing really new with Liverpool. Kovacic, Chelsea and Man City are beginning uh they're sorry, they're in the final stages of that deal negotiating the fee. Kovacic already agreed to terms with Man City most likely because Man City's going to lose a couple guys. Bernardo Silva, PSG, Barca or Saudi options. That seems like it's going to be um, where he could end up, but it looks like PSG for me is the favorite. Goudouan with Barcelona links. I would not be shocked to see him there kind of replacing Busquets. Um, getting some games in that Barcelona midfield. Kyle Walker's going to get a new deal with Man City. That's in the works. James Madison wants the Tottenham move rather than the Newcastle move. That's why we haven't really heard a ton about James Madison yet. And Spurs actually have signed Kulusevski permanently, the Juventus product. So that's a, that's a good move for them. Bournemouth has some really weird news. They sack Gary O'Neill, then they hire Andoni Irara, uh, Irrula. Gary O'Neill, I thought, had a brilliant, brilliant strategy and, and ideas with Bournemouth, but I guess they're going to go another way. Uh, news outside of England Kim Minjai, Minjai from Napoli, the center back, on the move, most likely. Bayern are the favorites there, and more Saudi League stuff. Mendy, the keeper, from Chelsea. Conte, a number six from Chelsea. And Ruben Neves, the six from Wolves, are all going to the Saudi League. So, um, more and more guys taking their talents to the Saudi League, and they're getting paid a bunch of money. So, I think it is what it is, unfortunately. So, uh, all right. So, we're at once a week for the pod now. That was our U.S. Open recap. Um, we'll just keep doing NFL headlines. We'll keep doing soccer trends, rumors. Maybe we'll talk a little baseball soon, but I, ugh, I don't know. So Mets think, Yanks think. What do you want me to say? All right. Um, so yeah, our U.S. Open preview again. Congratulations, or recap. Sorry, congratulations to Wyndham Clark, who is the U.S. Open champion, and no one can take it away from him, which is pretty cool. So, all right. Again, happy uh, Blade Father's Day, happy Juneteenth, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Had a nice weekend, and uh, once a week going the rest of the way until the Prem comes back. So we're in summer now. Have a great week. Talk to you next. Peace. check out his podcast that sounds like my kind of podcast football 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 and sometimes other sports show sounds like me